choose you. Be cool, baby. Okay. Hey, bitch, come here. Got your motherfucking man. Come here. Mr. Pretty Tony, I mean, you know the rules of the game. I mean, your bitch just chose me. Now, we can settle this like you got some class, so we can get into some gangster shit. Fuck being on some chill shit. We go zero to a hundred, nigga, real quick. What up, what up, what up? This is Thanks for Asking, Kels Radio, episode 163. Sorry. 161. I'm Kells at KMGZ on Twitter. What up, y'all? Um, yeah, you know what? Let's get going. Um, I'm back to work now, so this episode is going to be, I don't know, we'll see how long it or not it is. Um, yours in Negritude is going out to the football champions of France, is, I think, yes, um, for the World Cup. Um, I don't know anything about soccer, um, but it's day one, which is good. Um, maybe I'll watch the women's because I think the U.S. is good in women's. We're not in men's because it's a expensive sport. And as we all know, all the best athletes are black and come from the hood and not middle-class suburbs for the most part. So until, so- until you know... Little hood boys and girls are playing soccer like they play basketball. U.S. is not going to dominate. Um, the French team, though, from what I heard, is like mainly African immigrants. Um, yeah, I ain't even going to pretend like I know any fucking thing about the World Cup. But other than that, they won. Congratulations. Yours a Negra 2, France World Cup. Moving on. Um, so this week's uh, little topics... Y'all know I hate talking about Trump on here, but like this, I feel like it's just, it has to be talked about this week because just so much more has happened. Um, but first, let me give two little shout outs. Um, so I went to see Sorry to Bother You, which is the movie with um, Lakeith Stanfield and my new fave Tessa Thompson. And I liked it. It was weird, though. It's a weird movie, but I really enjoyed it. I personally, and it's not just because I like her, I think Tessa Thompson is going to be, I mean, she's a rising star, of course, but I think she's going to be, like, a top actress. Like, she, I think she's talented. Like, I saw Thor Ragnarok, where she played the action character. Um, you know, not really a lot of acting re- required, but it was good, but... First time I saw her, well, actually, the first time I saw her was on TV, and um, it was a show used to be called Cold Case, and she played the lesbian in one of the episodes, and then um, there's this movie, it used to be on Netflix, but it's not anymore, it's called Mississippi Damned, and I saw her in that, she was good in that, and then, what was the next thing I saw her in? Oh, Dear White People, and then Creed, and um, she's like... She does indie films, she does serious films, and she does action films. Like, I think she's good. Like, I think she's going to be, like, one of those actresses. Um, the Keith Stanfield, not so much of a fan. I feel like he plays the same character every time. You know, the weird old black dude, whatever. Um, but he, they were both really good in this movie. 
the movie was weird. It reminded me, I'm trying to think, like, it's a movie about, like, it's very actually timely. It's about, like, just corporate exploitation and, like, worker rights and all kind of stuff. And, um, but it's like, art. I don't know how to explain the genre, but the closest I can say is it reminds me of Natural Born Killers. Natural Born Killers is, like, one of my favorite movies of all time. It's top five, right? Not in plot, but just in the, if you've seen Natural Born Killers, like, that type of, like, artsy movie. It was like that. It was so you know. It's if you're going in there expecting to see like a regular drama, it's not that. It's an art house. I don't know what the genre is. I don't know what you would call it. I don't know. I don't know what you would call it. But it's. I liked it. Um, it was very weird though. So you know, if you if you're not a person that likes like artsy, super creative, super you know maybe not literal movies then you might not, but I liked it, I thought it was good, it was really weird though, but I thought it was really good, and I thought that, that it was very current, and I thought they did well, I thought Tessa and Lakeith did really well, I thought personally, my opinion, and I don't know, maybe it's because I like Tessa, because everybody, everybody that saw, saw the movie seems to like a different person, I thought, not that she stole the, the show, but whenever Tessa was on screen, it was like, okay, McKeith was really good too, though. Like those two, those two, they were the best. Like so, all a lot of the other characters, I was like, eh, whatever. Those two were really good. Him, she, and and he were very good in the movie. But Tessa just stole. Whenever Tessa was on the scene, she just stole the scene, in my opinion. But Lakeith was good. It's not like she like in Creed. Michael B. Jordan, you know, we all joke. Like he is not the best actor. He's actually not a good actor. And in Creed, she like eats him up, right, like, she outacts him, it's not that she outacted Lakeith, like, he was good, but, like, again, he plays the same character, and that character was kind of the same, the same dude that he plays on Atlanta, that's what he was playing, and sorry to bother you, and every time I see him, that's what he's playing, um, so I don't know about his range, he's, uh, you know, I'm, uh, he's okay, I guess, I'm not a huge fan, um, but they were good in this movie, but she just stole, she just stole it to me, like, I just feel like she's, I feel like she's, gonna blow, like, I, feel, I mean, she's kind of already blowing, but I feel like she's gonna be one of those actresses, right, like, I feel like she has range, um, you know, it's just gonna get better, you know, um, yeah, so, that's my sort of soft pitch, I'm not, you know, it's not gonna be for everybody, but if you're, if you like, I'm trying to think of another movie that would be similar, that if you liked it, besides Natural, because Natural Born Killers was like Oliver Stone, which is a little different, but I'm trying to get you to, to like, that genre, where it's like, artsy, and it's not exactly, you know, you don't, it's not like a straight drama, it's like, you know, different shit, that's how sorry the Bobby was, I'm trying to think of what else it would be like, um, that's a little current, um, I don't know. Tessa described it, what it was. I just cannot recall. Let's see what she said. She had, she described the category that it was. Um, I, that's, that's going to be impossible to Google. But she's had some interviews, so she called it something. Um, so whatever she called it, that's what it is. Um, all right. So my other, this is a recommendation, though. This is a recommendation. If you aren't watching it already, there's a new mini, uh, what do they call it? Limited series on HBO called Sharp Objects from the same director that did Big Little Lies. And, and y'all, as you may or may not know, if you don't know, you late. Big Little Lies is excellent. Excellent. It's from the same director of that, Sharp Objects. 
on HBO. Good. The first the first episode is a little slow. Well, it's I won't say it's not slow, but it's it's setting up things, right? Like it's 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 a, it's a well, just sort of very similar to Big Little Lies when the first episode was like setting things up, like, and then you know you were just introducing you to characters and setting things up, and where's this really going to go? Am I going to kind of like this? What is this going to be? Very similar to that. Sharp Objects, really good. It stars Amy Adams and a whole bunch of other people, and um, the plot is she's a reporter in St. Louis, but she's from this small town in Missouri. And there's some serial killer killing girls in her hometown. And so her boss, and when it, when it enters, she's had, she's had something has occurred, right? She's an alcoholic. She's, it's implied maybe she had a breakdown. Something, we don't know what it is, but something has occurred. And so she's trying to get back, like, to whatever. So her boss sends her um, down to cover the story because she's from there. And so she gets down, she goes down there and turns out that like she's, you know, her mom, she's her, she's from a very wealthy family. Like her mom is like the richest lady in the county, like they own this pig farm. She's like the richest woman from where they're, you know, wherever they are. And, you know, so she goes back, but she, she was, um, you know, she left whenever she left and she's not been back or she comes back every now and then. It's implied something occurred. Like it's only the third episode, so we're still trying to get into it, but something has clearly occurred. There was some kind of tragedy, something her her sister died. She had a younger sister that died, and something has occurred. Like there was some kind of tragedy or something, she left town. So when she comes back to town and she's telling the sheriff about the story, she's like, Yeah, I'm actually from here and then he's like, Oh, who? And then she says her name and he's like, Oh, you're the daughter that left. So there's some story there's some history there that everybody seems to know we don't know yet we're being you know well it's being revealed little by little but it's very good very suspenseful so it's like who's killing these girls um and then her she has like flashbacks and i i don't want to ruin it but i it's really good i i recommend it it's it's a slow burn if you like big little lies you'll like this it's very similar all right you know what, let me just go off on this real quick. So, on Twitter, recently, there was a little, every now and then it comes up, but most recently there was a little, like, conversation regarding um, unpaid internships, right? Because, you know, every time you'll get somebody who was interned in, like, the late 80s or early 90s or mid-90s or whatever, get on here hollering about these unpaid internships. And this is all I want to say about unpaid internships. Like, don't do them. They suck. They're ex- they exploit labor. So we hit the recession in what, 08, 09. Nobody was hiring anywhere. Nobody could get a job. If you were in law school, I mean, if you had an offer, it got rescinded. If you didn't, if you were first or second year, you you were lucky if you, you wasn't getting no offer. You were lucky if you found work, right? Terrible time. Companies took advantage of that to get people to come do work for free. Because, A, we're in a recession. You're not going to get a job. Otherwise, come work for us for free. Um, internships are supposed to provide experience to students that they could not get otherwise, right? It's supposed to be a two-way street. You're supposed to get experience, supposed to get something really good to put in your resume, and, you know, the, the job is supposed to get, you know, help for the summer. And then, you know, in, in better days, if you do a good job and you're a good intern, there would be possibly be a job waiting for you on the other end. Or if not a job, then a, recommenda- there, then a recommendation is somewhere else, right? Well, during a recession... 
shit got flipped off up, upside down and there was none of that and they were basically was just bringing in interns working them for free interns weren't getting anything out of it you know i was in law school at the time and i know everybody was up in arms about the sony suit which is the one that basically said you can't do you know you can't just provide free internships and everybody wanted to call the kids ungrateful and entitled and all that they weren't any of that what they were was fed up because you had law students who were, you know, going to intern for the labels or management companies or whatever. And again, they weren't getting anything out of it. You were using law students as receptionists, got them in reception, answering telephones. That is of zero value to a law student, okay? Arguably, that's some value to a college student. I mean, not it wouldn't have been to me because when I got, you know, it's, these new, niggas is different now. When I went to college, I had I've been working since I was 12 years old, so I knew how to work. So that was not going to be my first job. I'm going to answer phones, keep files, file shit, do basic bookkeeping, all that shit. So a job even for me as a freshman in college, answering phones was, I mean, you know, other than provide a paycheck, you know, didn't really provide any value. But undergrad is different because undergrad is studying. You just need something to carry over for the summer. Fine. But as a, as a graduate student, as a law student, law, you know, if you're an intern at a label, you're doing that because you want to be a lawyer. And you, you to do that, you need to learn, you know, how to negotiate, you know, how, what contracts look like, the different points in contracts. You know, you need to meet people. You need to sit on the go. How, how do things go? You need to learn. And you can't do any of that sitting at a reception answering phones. That's of zero value. And, and, and not only are, are you not learning anything, receptionist is a job. That's a full-time job that you have to you pay somebody to do. So not only are you not getting anything, you're replacing somebody who could be working. So basically, companies were, were exploiting on two fronts because they're exploiting you as a student for free labor, but they're also you know getting out of having to pay for a receptionist. So not only are they not paying you, they're saving money because they don't have to pay a receptionist. We can use this student. And then... You know, the gag was once you worked for them, you know, for the summer for free because, hey, you don't have no choice and I need something on my resume and let me keep busy. Then when you're done with the internship and you try to apply for a job, it's like they never seen you before. Oh, no, well, you know, we, we don't we wish we could bring you on here, but we can't. We just don't have the budget. Oh, and even if we did, you know, internship doesn't count as experience. Okay, so you brought me in here for free. Telling me that, well, it'll be good experience and it'll help you get your next job. So I do this for free, and then when I apply for my next job, which is here, by the way, you acting like you never even seen me before, and you're going to tell me an experience that you just told me would help me get a job don't count. And then, not only does it not count, I look around and, oh, but there go your nephew and your whoever else, they got the job, you know, instead of me. You know, so their their internship experience count for some reason mine didn't. So the whole thing was a scam. It was taking advantage of students. Um, and I'm glad they got sued and I'm glad they lost. Look, I've never heard anybody all these people defending unpaid internships, all talking about they've interned for free. Yes, I'm sure you did, and I'm sure you did that shit in like '93, '94, '95, whatever the case. Back then, interning for free paid off. Because back then, if you intern for free, either you would get a job where you're interning, or they recommend you for another job, or you meet the right person, and you will come up. I'm telling y'all, it doesn't work like that anymore. That was 20, 30 years ago. If those free internships, they these some of these places, they won't give you a fucking recommendation. Like, oh, I'm sorry, but you can just put it on your resume. They won't even call somebody like, hey, I got this intern. We can't afford to hire, but she was really good. You know, if you got a spot for her, they won't even do that because they're not interested in helping you. They just wanted your free labor, and now you're gone. So please stop arguing with these kids. They're not lazy. They're not entitled. I don't know how you call somebody who's willing to intern for free. 
lazy or entitled. That's not what they are. What they are is not stupid. And they realize that, okay, I'm going to take the chance on this free internship, but I'm not actually, I'm not getting anything out of it because all you, you got free work from me. I got nothing from it because it's not anything that's advancing me at all. And then when I put it on my resume, it's useless because all these jobs don't want to count internship for experience. So that's, forget about free internships. Not to mention, it's only in creative industries that they do this shit because Interns are at, at law firms, which, you know, back to the argument that, oh, Obama was a broke intern. No, intern is just a phrase. Intern means you're a summer associate at a law firm. You get paid like a full associate. So the starting salary right now for one year is $180,000. So nothing was broke about Obama. He might have had student loans, and so he was putting all his money into that, and that's why he wasn't living last, but he was not broke, okay? And his potential was uh, through the roof. But finance interns... Listen, when I was a um, I was a one L in oh eight, well oh seven oh eight. So um, I know that the the two Ls that got offers from law firms that summer, they were making two twenty five hundred three thousand dollars a week for the summer. Okay, a week, not not a month, a week. So, um, you know, that's what interns get paid. So that's the difference between free. And internships that pay. And then you and everybody asking you to pay. These were at law firms and you know Wall Street firms and shit like that. Everybody asking you, you ain't got to pay twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars a week. That's a lot of money, but something. Like they don't even want to give you I mean shit. It costs to, to, to have a free internship. I still got to get there. I still got to eat. I still got to pay my rent. I still got to pay my bills. If I ain't fortunate enough to live home with my parents, it's costing me actually money. You don't want to give me nothing and I got to pay to get here every day. So... Next one of unpaid internships, stop telling people they're ungrateful. Stop telling people they're entitled based off of your experience in the 90s. That was what, 30 years ago now? Like, it's not like that anymore, and it hasn't been like that in a while. And when it really turned, again, was that the, you know, the recession. That's when companies just saw, oh, we can take advantage of these people because nobody's hiring. And so we can just get them to work for free because what else they going to do? And they probably, and they all colluding, nobody going to pay. Because if, you know, if this company going to pay, then they're going to come back like, oh, I can go here, so none of us are going to pay. And that's why they sued, and that's why they lost. And if you read that case, not just the verdict, but if you read the case and read the facts and the details that are laid out, you'll understand why Sony got sued and why Sony lost. Okay? So, I just wanted to say that. Moving on. What else can I talk about before I talk about this motherfucker? Oh, so, the girl Zelia Banks who I do not like, I have never liked. Personally, I think she's mentally ill. I've talked about it on this before. I think she's mentally ill, schizophrenic, bipolar, I don't know. Something wrong with that girl. It's clear to me. I don't know why it's not clear to everybody else. And again, I told y'all, I have never, I have Googled and Googled and Googled and never been able to find it, but it was around 20, so I was in, when I was in LA. I went to LA in 2008. I came back from LA in 2012. I want to say it was like 2010, 2011-ish, around that time. Read an article. I want to say it was either in Vibe, Rolling Stone. I don't know. One of them magazines. Whenever 212 was out. It was around the time that 212 was out. So whenever that song came out. And Azalea was hot. And she was going to be the next thing. Blah, blah, blah. There was an article um, about why she what like that song hit came out and they got on this buzz and she just and everybody's waiting for her to blow and she never blew and she kind of just disappeared and this article had came out about Azalea Banks and in that article they talked to a lot of people 
the label, different people, and one of the people they talked to was her first manager, the first manager who took her about the projects in Harlem, took her out to L.A., and was driving her around trying to get her deals. And they talked to him, and he said, he was like, yo, it just, I had to, I had to bring her back. He was like, something is wrong with her. She got mental Ill, mental problems. I can't help her. But, like, she was living with me, and I just couldn't do it. And I ended up having to take her back. And he was like, and that, and that was, like, as them explaining why she never blew. They was like, then she just kept going through people, and people just kept saying, yo, I cannot. Like, I tried. She got a lot of talent, but it's just not worth it. Like, she's just too much. And um, so ever since then, then, I've been knowing that something was wrong with that girl because every person was like, yo, she's super talented. I could have easily got her a deal. But every time I, everything I set her up with, she blew it. She undermined it. She pulled some shit. And he, and, um, he was, and the first manager was like, she even lived with me. He was like, but it, it got to the point where I had to just, I couldn't do it. I had to take her back. I don't know what her problem is, but she, she's got some kind of mental illness and she needs to address it. And so ever since then, I've been like, this girl is crazy. And, um, so, then she did the shit with the chickens, like, I just, I, it's obvious to me that she has mental illness, and I don't know why everybody else is acting like she, she's not, but on top of that, she has just a hater spirit, she, I've never liked her, some of y'all motherfuckers, like, man, y'all want I don't know what it is, y'all want a hero so bad, or y'all want to just, somebody to just validate your fucking feelings so bad. That all some of these girls got to do is, is use a little few keywords, colorism, sexism, racism, excuse me, I'm sorry, whatever it is, throw them little words out, say a little something that sound a little woke, and y'all just line up for them. And Azalea is one of those, and I have never lined up for her. Nikki is another one. They full of shit. They don't never have nothing to say until they want some empathy or until they got something to sell. Any other time, they, they, they just being the worst. And Azalea don't went after uh, um, Rihanna, and you know how I am. Don't go after my queen. And um, you know I let Tiana, I let I, I let Tiana slide because her, you know her and Ree squash it. And if Ree don't give a fuck, then I don't give a fuck. You know, same thing with Chris Brown. Like, look, if she over it, I'm over. I'm be mad about it. Nothing ain't do shit to me. But um, Azalea constantly coming for Ree, and the last time she did was with the um, immigration shit. And then, you know, she gets heat, and then it's called, oh, they just on me because I'm dark-skinned or whatever. Whatever, bitch. So, anyway, she went on Wild and Out, which is Nick Cannon's show on MTV. It's called Wild and Out. The whole premise of the show is you get these people on the show, and y'all roast each other, right? And and I don't watch it, but, I, you know, I've seen clips of it. I'm never going to watch it, and I never would watch Nick Cannon for a full anything. But, anyway, that's the premise of the show. And um, y'all roast each other, right? And... And I mean, Nick Cannon gets a worse than almost everybody goes on this. They talk about his sickle cell. They talk about Mariah, um, you know, dissing him or him being broke or whatever. Like, like, I mean, they roast the shit out. They roast Nick Cannon more than anybody. To the point there was a fight because, um, between him and Stevie J because he said something about Mariah or something like that. Like, they, they roast. And, um, that, that's the premise of the show. Everybody goes on their roast, right? Zelly Banks goes on there, I guess it's to promote her song, which another thing, like, listen, sis, the club music over the rap beats, I don't know who's still for here for that, maybe them five gays over there by the, by the, um, you know, the punch, go give it to them, that shit, 2012, that shit had a moment, it's 2018 now, we off that, the club beats with the rap, we not on it, that shit is tired, that shit is through, I'm, it's, it's, it's over with, you're a one-trick pony, 
it was it was unique at one point again in like 2011 or 12 or 10 whenever it came out it was unique then it's eight years later now that shit we've moved on but you know it is like five gays and still like that shit go give it to them anyway she went on to promote this song and you know again i don't watch it but i guess you know, they they did what they do on Wild and Out, and, and, you know, here she come crying the blues, they talked about her dark skin, and colorism, the girl has a hater spirit, she clearly has a lot of insecurities, and a lot of issues, and, you know, it's got a lot of problems, and like, a lot of people who have issues, and problems, and insecurity, rather than go get the therapy, the help they need to work through their own shit, they like to dump it in other people's lap, and reject on the other people, and try to make it everybody else's problem, and that's what Zelia does. And then she tries to flip it and manipulate and get people on her side. And y'all motherfuckers, every single time, line up for her. Well, colorism is real, even if y'all like, get the fuck out of here. It might be real, but that bitch ain't it. That bitch, ain't nobody hating on that bitch because she's dark-skinned. Hating on her because she's a fucking a, a pain in the ass and, and a fuck nigga. All right? And I'll, whatever, man. I'm t- Every time, Wale, the same thing. Every time one of y'all... It, nobody here for y'all. It's gotta be because of colorism or dark skin. Not everybody, but like that's y'all go to. And it's like, ugh, nah, 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 nah. That ain't it. It's because your music is whack. Because you whack. Because you talk shit about people. Because you constantly lashing out. And then as soon as somebody hits you back, here you come with this bullshit. Like, I am not fooled. I, I don't give a fuck. Like, whatever. Y'all cut this shit off. Y'all get mad. I don't care. It's a bunch of bullshit. That's y'all always pulling that out your ass. It's like, come on. Wale, oh, I feel like I'm treated because I am because I'm a dark-skinned rapper. Really? All rappers are dark-skinned, nigga. What are you talking about? It's only two light-skinned dudes. J. Cole and Drake. All the rest of you niggas are black and ugly as ever. So, come again, son. It ain't got nothing. What are you... Ugh. Anyway. Moving on. Fuck. Fuck Azalea Banks. Fuck her forever. And that old fucking... That bitch ain't no goddamn Dualu or Duala and no voodoo priests and none of that shit. That shit is fucking mentally ill. And was in her apartment cutting up chickens. And I'll fuck around with that shit because you fuck around and let in the wrong thing or let in some shit you don't know about fucking around with that voodoo and all that bullshit. That shit is a real religion. That shit is people's... I, I ain't saying, you know, I believe all that shit, but listen, I don't, I don't never... Those ancient religions that, that people of color had way before we came in contact with the white man that we worshipped and praised when we ruled the world, ever since we took on this white man religion, we've been in the state that we are now. When we had our own shit, we ruled the world. So you ain't never going to talk me out of thinking that shit is something. That shit is something. It's our shit. And we took that white man oppressive shit on and we've been slaves and second class citizens and dregs of the earth ever since. So whatever, I give that shit all the respect in the world, I don't know everything about it, but I know when you messing around with, I don't mess around with that because you don't know what you letting in, you don't know what's on the other side just waiting to get on, and that bitch probably got all kind of demons and, and evil shit up under her wigs, and I don't play around with that shit, talking about you a priestess and all that, no you not, you just in your apartment cutting up some fucking chickens, and I don't know if you know I, all I know is that shit is like a sacrifice to the guys. I don't know if you know what you're doing. If that has any effect, it might not. Like you, they. All I'm saying is don't fuck around with that shit. And that's not nothing to play with. Because that is real shit. That's real. Y'all can say what y'all want. I know y'all love y'all. Y'all Christian and y'all Jesus and all that. That's fine. Whatever. The, the Asians and the people of color of this world that ruled the world for millennia before these white niggas came around all have their spiritual religions, all have their native religions, and they all been doing bad since they dropped that and adopted this white man shit, and it ain't been nothing but trouble in the world since then. So, 
whatever on Azalea Banks. Uh, Alright, so, in this episode, I can already tell it's not going to be that long, because I just really ain't got nothing to say. Like, I, I'm so tired of talking about Trump and his shenanigans, but, um, I don't know what to say. It's so much. So, Mueller dropped his, um, you know, his 12 indictments on the, on the, um, Russian side of the spy deal. What's key about that? I mean, it's key that he dropped these indictments because it shows that he's not fucking around, number one, and that, you know, the shit is moving along, number two. But what, what what's really key about it is you can't, you can't have indictments for espionage or interference or whatever have on one side, right? These people are, are espionaging with somebody on the American side, right? So it can't, they just 12 Russians. They ain't out here colluding with themselves. Collusion is, I'm, collusion, conspiracy, it, there are subtle differences, but I'm going to use them saying because people seem to be confused by collusion. So I'm just going to say conspiracy in place of collusion. It's not exactly the same thing, but it's for ease of understanding, okay? You cannot... You cannot conspire with yourself, right? If you're conspiring a conspiracy as well as collusion, it's a, it's a racket, right? It's like racketeering. Like, we are, as a group, have decided to do this thing to break the law or whatever we're doing together, okay? So that's what's important about these 12 indictments. Not just that it's, not, not just that it's proof that they did, in, in fact, interfere in the election and, and with the operated with the in, intended purpose of interfering in an election, but the implication is that there are at least, at the very least, probably 12 Americans on, on the other side, because you cannot collude with yourself, so okay, if they're colluding to interfere, they have to be colluding with somebody, so that's the key. Mueller dropped these Russian indictments to let you, because that's, you know, okay, these are not the citizens, to let, but to let you know that it's some more indictments coming and they're going to be on the American side. So that's the key thing about it. And I keep saying, I don't think people really understand. I, I know. People don't really understand the, the death of this. People are acting like, I keep hearing people say all kind of silly shit. Well, even if they in, uh, interfered, it didn't have any effect. What are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about? Russia is a hostile foreign government. They have all the means that we have to interfere. You think that they have, have undertaken this exercise, which started in, that we know of probably back in the 90s, maybe even before that. You think they have undertaken all of that and put all this time, money, and effort and, you know, murderous and all this shit they're doing to interfere in their election and it's going to have no effect? I don't, I, I still, people to me are just still, even after all this time, and after all the information that's been released, which is probably just a thimble full of the information they have, but it's still a lot nonetheless, are still failing to connect the dots. Like, I don't, they don't, they, they think all of these things are separate. It's like they interfered intentionally in the election to hinder Hillary Clinton so that Donald Trump would win. And Donald Trump won. Two weeks before the election, Donald Trump was trailing Hillary by something like 15 points. Two weeks later, he defeated her in the election. For you to say that Russian interference had no effect, I don't understand what it is that, you're don't, that you don't get. Of course it had an effect. Those bots that fit up, oh, 
everything that they did, the voter suppression, the roles, of course they had an effect. And if you think, if you think that Russia did all that and expended all that effort and, and went through all of that to try to elect this man to president and would stop short of switching votes if necessary, then I got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. Because I firmly believe, I don't know if it will ever be revealed, I'm sure they know, I don't know if they'll ever tell us, that they manipulated those votes. Because they were not, that Cambridge Analytica that was getting voter data and, and, and getting all that information on, on voting rolls, they weren't doing that for nothing. Okay, they were doing that for a reason. And it wasn't just, oh, let's send so-and-so a, a, a tweet on Twitter. Okay, that's priming the pump. But you prime the pump for the, for the operation. And I, I think that they flipped votes. And I think they did it in Wisconsin and Michigan. And I think that when Mueller drops these uh, uh, indictments on the other side, that we're going to start to see that these Repub which Republicans were colluding with the Russians and for, and for what for what? And for, to what ends? That's what we're going to see. And a lot of them are going to get in, start getting indicted. Right now, I don't know what it is. For some reason, they, I guess because nothing is being done, they feel like they're Teflon and Trump is going to protect them. But when those fucking indictments start coming down and the motherfuckers are looking at real fucking time, that's when people are going to start flipping and that's when the, the shit is really going to fall, I, I think. Manafort... Flynn, man, listen, I give Manafort credit. Manafort is, is, is ride or die. The nigga was, I'm a criminal, and that's it. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to take this shit to the end. I mean, you got to respect it. He in there. He trying to do everything he can. He's still, you know, sneaking messages out, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. But that's Manafort. Everybody ain't built like this. These guys think it's one way, it's the other. Um, the news is tightening. Again, I believe, I have always believed, I think McConnell, I think Ryan, I think all those guys are in on it to different extents, of course. I don't think they all, you know, we just, actually, an article just came out today that I read that more people were at the uh, Russian meeting than initially thought. So, who knows? I, I guess this is what I keep going back to. This is what I keep going back to. It struck me funny at the time, and, I, and it still sticks with me. When... Before the election, when Obama nominated Merrick Garland for the Supreme Court, and Mitch McConnell refused to vote on it, and he made the statement, he said, we're not going to have this in an election year, which was a bunch of crock of bullshit, but the Democrats just let him, let him get away with it, didn't do anything, and he said, we're going to save that seat for President Trump. He said that shit at a time when Trump was comically behind. Where, you know, Hillary was ahead. I, people made fun of Hillary, but I think Hillary was accurate and correct when she said, if not for Comey fucking inserting his fucking arrogant, stupid self into the election to do what he did, she would have won. I think she would have won too. She was well ahead a week before the election when he did that. Ten days whatever it was when he did that. Mitch McConnell made that statement. We're going to reserve this seat for President Trump at a time when that was a ridiculous statement to make and it would have been a ridiculous thing to do unless you knew that Trump was going to win that seat. Because if you don't nominate Merrick Garland who Obama just nominated to make a point 
he had no intention on, on putting him in that seat, which whatever, I'm not going to get the rant on Obama, maybe on another episode, I'll just say my, uh, my assessment of his presidency has changed, I think his president was, I think his presidency was a fail, I think eight years was a fail, I think history will not be kind to it, I think history will say, um, you know, this was a, a, a presidency of show and not substance, because everything that he did has basically been reversed, he did not pressure RBG to retire like he should have. Listen, retire now. Let's lock this seat in because you're not getting any younger. And we don't know what's going to Particularly now that we know that he knew about the interference, he should have definitely done that. So whatever. That's another rant for another day. But for Mitch McConnell to make that statement, we're going to wait for President Trump. That, that was a ridiculous statement to me. And it, and it was it would have been foolish. It would have been foolish because here he nominated this guy who was non-controversial. He's not a super liberal. He, he was basically nominated. The whole point of it was for show. So that Obama could, make, you know, once again, take the high road and be like, oh, well, I'm nominating this guy. And, you know, they're not going to nominate him. See, they're bad. Instead of really pushing to seat his Supreme Court justice, and, I, and somebody on MSNBC said they think that the most, when when it's all said and done, the thing that will be said about Obama is that he failed to seat the Supreme Court justice at a time when it was critical, and now the court has swung right, and I think that's accurate. So for McConnell to make that statement, just let's break it down. So. Waiting for President Trump, which was an, a ludicrous statement at the time, because at the time there was not going to be any President Trump. So what you're basically, so you're going to wait. You're going to take the chance that you're going to wait. All sides say that Hillary's going to win, and Hillary's going to going to nominate somebody even further left than Merrick Garland. She's going to nominate some wild liberal, and then she's probably going to get another nomination. So that's going to be two wild liberals, and the court's going to swing left. So it makes no sense for you to not. Nominate and, and affirm Merrick Garland and make the state. We're going to hold this thing for President Trump unless you knew, unless you knew that the fix was in and she was going to lose. And I keep that is the one point when I that's why I know that him and Ryan knew. Now, were they sitting in on the meetings that they know all the details? No, but they knew that the fix was in and that Trump was going to be put in that seat. And that's why they made that statement. And that's why now the rule about during an election year and all the shit is out the window. And they can drop all the proof that they want. I'm sure they have it. But that point right there is how I know that they knew. Because that was a ludicrous statement to make and it was stupid strategically to do that unless you knew for sure President Trump. And he said that in like the summer of 2016, it was ludicrous. Again, it seems like ancient history now because we've been living under this hellish administration for I don't know what, almost two years now. But 10 days before the election, Hillary was, was going to win easy. Hillary's up 15 points. She was going to win easy. Call me, drop that, that fucking shit. And then her lead evaporated. And next thing we know, here we go. And I'm still not conv- I don't know. Actually, I don't. I just think he's an arrogant idiot. Um, I don't think he was in on anything. I just think he's an arrogant idiot who just eschewed. Everybody told him not to do that. Every, not just Hillary haters, not Hillary fans, not but everybody told him this is improper. Do not do this. These protocols are in place exactly for this because we don't want you using your judgment. We don't want anything to interfere. And he did it anyway. And now here we go. And now he wants to act like he's a hero and writing this book. Fuck him. He's not going to be remembered well in history either. Um, so, 
Your man goes to... Well, then the second part is the congressional Republicans, I think on... What day was it? I don't know. Someday when something else was happening. These motherfuckers... Oh, 4th of July, actually. 4th of July. These motherfuckers are over in Russia. Listen. Media, I don't... Y'all are stealing money. I don't know what y'all think y'all job is, but when these midterms turn out funny, I hope y'all know that that meeting on July 4th is the meeting where all this was set up. Where they... Okay, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to rig it. Don't worry about no blue wave. It's not going to happen. Y'all good. When these midterms turn out shaky, I hope everybody remembers the meeting that the congressional Republicans had over in Russia on July 4th. Okay? Number one. Um, then your man's over there, private meeting with Putin. He's over there. Intelligence services don't lie. Everybody's a liar. Nobody was talking about except for Vladimir Putin, who was the head of fucking Russia, who was our enemy, and a plus and piece of shit com- country, to be quite honest. He believes him. He don't believe nothing else. Um, he's a traitor. He's a motherfucking traitor. It's not news to me. I've been said that shit. He's not working in the interest of this country. He's working in the interest of Russia. Um, he's, everything that Hillary said. And now everybody want to play it back. Like, dog, y'all wasn't watching the... <laughs> Listen. I, I could talk about this all day. All I want to say is, I'm just tired of this shock and awe and oh my God, I can't believe this. White people, you are the only people who voted for Donald Trump. Black people did not vote for him. Asian people did not vote. The largest minority group that voted for him was Latinos, like 30% of them, and I've already talked about them before. We know what that is. The motherfuckers try to be, as, you know, they think they're going to be the next whites. I don't know why. Um, they are the highest minority. Asians, like 8% of Asians voted for him. 96% of black people voted for Hillary. The only minority groups that voted for him in any kind of number was Latinos. Um, the same ones that's on Border Patrol right now chasing their fellow countrymen down um, and putting their children in cages. Whatever. Um, y'all are the ones who voted for this guy. All the rest of us, stop acting like it was a surprise. Stop acting like you, did, you, you didn't know this was going to happen. You are the only people who voted for them. Everybody else did not vote for this guy because, duh, the motherfucker's calling. He was racist the whole time. He's been unqualified the whole time. He's been a fuck. Y'all act like he pivoted. Like he was just illustrious and had all these plans. He's been the same idiot this whole time. So we are just sitting, us, the colored people of the country, are just sitting back like, what the fuck is, what are y'all talking about? Like, we just mad. We mad and we disgusted because we the ones that's catching it. Y'all not catching it, we catching it, and everybody is so shocked in the pond. It's like, nigga, like, where, where y'all was at? Like, this shit was like this the whole time. It's not different. Like, y'all want to act like this is something you didn't know. Y'all the only ones that voted for him. Nobody else wanted nigga. This shit was obvious. Motherfucker's an idiot. He only lost every debate. Y'all were like, oh, he was presidential. What are you, what? Presidential how? Uh, what are you talking about? It was a fucking fool. It was a fucking fool. He's a fucking moron. He's been that the whole fucking time. And you voted him president. President. I wouldn't vote for that nigga for mayor. You voted him president of the United States of America. The president. This fucking idiot. That's so... We tired. We tired. Oh my God. Can you vote? Every day y'all so super shocked. And every day it's a new low. 
And every day, oh my God, oh my God, I can't believe you separating children, really? You can't believe the guy that called Me- uh, Mexican people drug dealers and rapists and coming in like a whore and killing white people in the MS-13? This motherfucker talking about MS-13 like it's the goddamn mafia. MS-13 is a... Mala Salvatura 13 is a Salvadorian gang that was at its peak in like the 90s. If you turn on History Channel and watch like them old gangland episodes, MS-13 peaked in like like maybe 2000. And it's only uncertain that they were they were very active in LA, of course, and they're very active in. I lived in well, this is when I was in DMV, and I know of MS-13 because they were active in like Northern Virginia, DC area, in like 99, 2000. They they were very active there. That that's not a that's not a a, a nationwide gang. They're not like a Crips or a Bloods. At all, and the motherfuckers are like they're not. They were never even like a huge gang like that. They were small, isolated. This motherfucker got people thinking that like waves and waves of MS-13 are coming into the country illegally. Like ridiculous shit. I like. I live in New York City. It's all kind of gangs here. MS-13 is like not even. Trinitarios, which is like a Dominican gang, which if y'all um heard y'all heard that story of news about the kid that got chopped up in the bodega, that was Trinitarios. They more prevalent than MS-13. He got these motherfucking dumb people who get all their news from Fox thinking that the country is being overrun by MS-13. That shit is from the 90s. Like, that they, shit is ridiculous. He, and so, like, in Central Park, Central Park, um, what is it, nine, so I can't remember, five, Central Park five, exonerated by, D- the guy who really did it, admitted to it, exonerated by DNA, this motherfucker's talking about they're still guilty, and they should go to death, he's racist, he been racist, like, uh, you, you voted for Donald Trump for president, that's, I don't even, like, that's it, like, nobody has to say anything else to you, like, what, how, 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 how do you take yourself seriously as a human being, knowing that you cast a vote for Donald Trump to be leader of the free world? Donald fucking Trump, who has run every business he has ever owned into the ground. How, how do you, I don't even know how you take yourself seriously as a human being. But however y'all do it, good for y'all. But we tired of y'all acting like y'all are shocked and appalled because we feel like the, everybody else figured it out. The Asians didn't vote for him. The blacks didn't vote for him. 70% of Latinos didn't vote for him. So, you know, we kind of tired of y'all with the bullshit. Like, this shit was obvious and avoidable. Um, so, they have indicted these Russians. Um, the, the, this, is, this is another thing I will say, and I brought this up before. I have said, and I will continue to say, and I will believe, I think that Melania Trump was a part of this whole thing. Because, and I, I, I gotta keep doing it, because when I say things, people want to argue with me and debate with me, like they know what they're talking about and I do not. I was an intel officer and Russian linguist in the Marine Corps for five years. Okay? City of Support to Information Operations Company, being Marine Support Battalion, Fort Meade, Maryland, National Security Agency. Worked Russian military Intelligence, GRU, Putin, Russian command and control, the subs, the spies, all of that. I did that for five years. That's what I did. 
Um, then I got out and I did the same work for a little bit as a civilian. Then 9-11 happened. Then I went over to the contractor side. Um, then we, you know, shit switch. But Russian intelligence is what I did. That was my MOS. That was my specialty. Um, I am well-versed in Putin, well-versed in spycraft, know exactly what they did because that was my mission. So I know how they operate. Melania Trump, the, the, the oldest trick in the book, like when you go in there and you get read into all the clearances and you get briefed and everything, like the first day they give you this counter-intel brief, little basic bullshit, and they just, just, just counter-intel one-on-one, how Russians target people, how to not get targeted, because, you know, D.C. is full of spies, you know, little little things that, you know, stuff like don't be wearing your work badge because people can realize, oh, you got a clearance, you know, how they target you. Honeypot is like the oldest trick in the book. It's the oldest spy tr- trick in the book where they get these little fucking fat, chubby, nerdy, you know, intel guys, NSA engineers, whoever they are, and all of a sudden here comes this beautiful six-foot-tall Russian model, and she just thinks you're the greatest guy in the world, and oh, you're so sexy, and she having sex with you, and all kind of stuff, and she's marrying you, and you just think, oh, you lucked up. No, motherfucker, you didn't look up. She's a motherfucking Russian spy. That's how they do. Oldest trick in the book. And they always send models, and they always send actresses. They're always beautiful, because, duh. Um, and I think Melania Trump was sent to, to again, the Russians have, this is, they played the long game. I think Melania Trump is a part of this. Um, her Again, she's Eastern European. I don't know how much of her family is over here. But, you know, Vladimir Putin poisons people. He throws people out the window. He does all kind of bullshit. So the way they do it is they send them over here. They give them, you know, you got to do this. You got to do that. And if you don't, we'll kill your family and we'll kill you too. So, again, it's fuck Melania Trump. I'm not caping for her, but I keep people, oh, she's, she's free will and she chose this. You don't know that. I doubt that she actually chose this. I doubt that she chose to marry that fucking disgusting orange Cheeto of a man. You can say what you want about Melania Trump, but the bitch can dress. The bitch is stylish. She's good looking. She could get anybody she wanted. What is she doing with Donald Trump, who the, who the Russians happen to place in our highest office? Okay? Um, so, I, I believe that she's part of this operation. I don't know if they just put her there. Spy, we don't spy on him. Tell us what we're doing. Keep him in check. All of that. The Russians don't play around. The Russians took over half of the world doing what they do with this propaganda and, and delegitimizing the... I mean, that was the difference between the United States' free world and the Soviet Union, which was not. And everybody seemed to have forgotten that. Everybody seemed to have forgotten that. Everybody forgot how they didn't have freedom of the press and people were seeking aside Like the Cold War. Everybody has forgotten the Cold War. It was real because it was not... It, it, it was a closed uh, authoritarian communist society. I mean, they were a superpower. And they remember that. And now they're nothing. Now they got no economy because the communism fell. They was only held together. We, they fell because, because, as we found out, it was all the farce. It was only held together by, you know, bubblegum and, and, and scotch tape. And so now bubblegum, they only have bubblegum and scotch tape. So that's what, that's what this is all about. They need to break up NATO because they want to drop the sanctions because they want to get back to superpower status. And that's what this is all about. And they got this fucking moron in there. And he's calling Germany an enemy. And he's calling he's bracing the alliances that were made after World War II when we won and we drew the world up. And this is going to be us and that's going to be y'all. He's trying to break that down. Because Russia needs that broken down. They need the world separated so that they can exploit and conquer. Not 
uh, divided so they can exploit and conquer, not in these alliances that we have. That's how World War I broke out. Because the world was separated and divided, and Germany built up this, this you know, thing, and this the fucking raised themselves in the war, and they lost. And then they did it again in the Second World War, and they lost. I mean, they might do it a third time, and they might win. We might not be 3-0. We might be 2-1. And, and that one is the only one that's going to count for us. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I just... I, I, I just, I, people aren't connecting the dots. People, this thing is, is, is huge. They interfered in our election. They affected our election. They placed Donald Trump in the White House. They didn't do that for chicks and giggles. They did that for reasons. If you think that they did all this to affect our election, but it didn't have any effect, and nobody changed their votes, you're a fucking fool. Of course people changed their votes. Y'all still on Twitter to this day arguing with bots. Still amplifying, retweeting, arguing with obvious bots still to this day. Bernie Sanders still thinks he's going to be president. He's still going to run. I have no, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, but I know I'm not voting for no Bernie Sanders. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who the viable candidate's going to be. Right now, if I had to vote, Today, I vote for Kamala Harris. I don't give a fuck. I don't need to see her platform. I don't need to see none of her pop. I don't know. I don't need to see none of that. I'm voting for her. Not voting for Bernie. Not voting for Elizabeth. Or nobody else. I'm voting for Kamala Harris. So if anybody else comes along that, you know, is a little better than her, then can pull me off of her, fine. But I just, I, 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 people have not learned a goddamn thing. And I see them still with this Bernie and still with this Elizabeth. And I just think we're going to fuck it up again. I just really think we're going to fuck it up again. Um, but, again, I still think he's going to be impeached. I know it don't look like it right now. It's probably not, again, like I said before, it's not going to be because of Democrats. It's going to be because Republicans, and we don't need all of them, just a few, are going to be like, all right. Because, listen, it's the Republicans in Congress that's some veterans. It's the Republicans in Congress that them fought in Vietnam and them fought. I don't think no, I don't think they're old enough for World War II anymore. But them fought in Vietnam, them fought in the first Gulf War, maybe some that fought in the second Gulf War. I don't know. But it's some veterans. John McCain's World War II veteran. It's veterans that fought Russia in the war, and they sitting there and watching this motherfucker commit treason on national TV. At some point, somebody, some of them are gonna be like, all right. Alright, that's a fuck enough. Let's go. And then they'll get him. It ain't going to be the Democrats. I'm telling y'all, this blue wave, if it happens, it happens. I don't believe it. I don't believe it because I think they're setting up the midterms right now. Why wouldn't they? They, they elected a the president. They see that they can work. Why wouldn't they do it again? Ain't nobody doing nothing about it. Democrats out here talking about uh, civility and uh, the same old bullshit. Um, Chuck and Nancy need to go out to Shady Pines. They, you know. This is the one thing I will say, though. If they if they primary all these all these old ass Democrats and they lose, then we might see something. And I hope that's what they do. And I hope they pull that off. And I think there's a strong chance because I, again, I don't think the lead, I think the Dim leadership is completely out of step. And I don't think they realize how out of step they are. Because I'm telling you right now, if Obama comes back and Nancy and Chuck and them and they lining up with all the civility and they go high with all the shit we know now knowing that hey you you knew about this shit and you didn't say anything it ain't gonna go the way I'm telling y'all Obama 
it's going to be real different because people, people know things now. We know that you knew. Okay, and black people, they still doing this fan shit with a bum, but I'm telling these white folks out here now, these, these teachers marching and protesting in the Midwest. White people have been doing it for days. White people in the Midwest are marching. These motherfuckers come back out here with this same old bullshit. It's going to be some tomatoes throwing. I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all. That shit, I don't think Obama's going to be helpful. I don't think that they know. I think that, I think that they are woefully, woefully out of step with the base. And I think that they think they can just come out here with this bullshit. Same old bullshit they've been doing. It's going to be all good. And I don't think it is. I think the motherfuckers are in for a rude fucking awakening. Awakening, and I think that just like this over one in the Bronx, and they oh that doesn't mean anything. That okay? I think it does. I think y'all motherfuckers are gonna get primary, and I think they're gonna get y'all to fuck out the paint. And I don't think Obama's gonna be helpful at all, particularly if he come out behind some Bernie or some Elizabeth or one of these fucking jackasses. You know, on this bullshit that been sat by all these years and got bullied, and now we where we are. Trust, I'm telling you, these midterms are not going to go the way people think, and it's going to get really spicy. It's going to get really spicy. I'm telling you, I feel it. I know it. If it's one thing that I know from being in war and being in Afghanistan and being in Iraq, you know, pointy tip of the spear. We went over there before the army and all that to basically scope it out. Hey, what's going on here? What is the climate? What can we do here? Are they hostile to us? Are we? Can we get? Can we push our initiatives here? That's what we. That's what intel people do. We go ahead, you know, before all that shit breaks out. That's my job. And it's one thing I can do. I can tell when shit is in powder keg is about to blow. Hey man, listen, this this place right here is 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 about to go. Like they they ready for revolution. They about to. I, it just take a little, just take a little nudge. If it's one thing I can tell, it is that. That's what got me back here in one piece. And you, the United States is on a powder keg. It's on a powder keg. And the Democrats think are are unaware. They think that they're gonna just be able to draw the same play up that they've been doing because they're gonna ride off. Oh, Trump is so terrible. And look at no, no, no. Watch, watch what I tell you. They're going to fix the midterms. The midterms are not going to come out how people want. They're going to be looking crazy because the, the, the polls are going to say one thing, but somehow these motherfuckers are winning and the votes are going to look shady. And, oh, we still held on to everything. And then this shit is going to hit the fan. Y'all think the 1968 Democratic National Convention was bad? Wait till this. Wait till this. All right. Been talking about this shit long enough. Um... So, what's this? Episode 161, thanks for asking Kells Radio. Hey, a lot of y'all um, hit me up about the episode last week about Whitney. Go see the movie. Go see the movie. Whitney, we, man, we lost a great. We lost a talent. And when you see that movie, you'll, you'll understand. Um, thanks, y'all, for listening. Rate me on iTunes. Um, y'all can hit me on Twitter. I, the, the, the email is thanks for asking podcast gmail.com. But y'all can just hit me on Twitter. Ain't nobody emailing me anyway. Um, you know, at KMGZ or whatever. Um, yeah, tell your friends. Thanks for listening. Um, I get more and more listens every week. I see y'all. Thank you so much. Thanks for retweeting. Thanks for shouting me out. Appreciate you. Um, all right, and that's it. See you next week. Peace.